You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to like, subscribe to my Miami Herald YouTube page, comment, all that good stuff, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. I got you. I got you, David. I got you. Um, I am currently recording from Indianapolis. Indiana, the home of the NFL scouting combine. Oh, David's old stomping grounds. I'm enjoying uh, myself out here where we have the top draft prospects all here to test, be evaluated, interview with teams ahead of April's NFL draft. Uh, we actually finished uh, speaking with Mike McDaniel not too long ago. He had his podium sessions, podium session as uh, coaches and GMs are meeting with local and national media. We had a uh, I had a nice little 30 minute session with uh Mike where he talked or he spoke on a bevy of things obviously Tua, fifth year option, concussions as well as some other stuff as the team continues into the offseason and it's just about 2 weeks away from a start for energy. So we're going to get into all of that starting uh with Tua. So uh obviously uh, as we've discussed previously the the Deadline to exercise Tua's fifth-year option um, is May 1st. Um, the Dolphins are still deliberating, discussing uh, th- their options as it pertains to that. And his contract, it, it would um, guarantee his base salary, extend his uh, contract uh, through the 2024 season um, at a uh, fully guaranteed price of $23 million. It's a lot of money, uh, a lot of money to invest in uh, your starting quarterback obviously it's not uh much compared to the top tier quarter uh quarterback contracts they're being divvied out but a lot of money nonetheless mike mcdaniel asked how much uh to his recent concussions is going to factor into the decision to uh exercise the option he said that mike mcdaniel said that they're considering everything um he said obviously there's a lot of knowns a lot of unknowns um you know there's uh congruent this that's what he said uh quote a congruence in interest uh, for the Dolphins and Tua, which includes wanting Tua to be the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins and play at a high level for a very long time. Um, but again, um, he gave no indication of when um, that decision will be made. One thing that he did kind of allude and indicate um, is regarding the backup quarterback plan. Obviously, um, with Tua's injury history, you need a capable backup. Teddy Bridgewater, he was injured. He's set to become 
uh, uh, unrestricted free agent. The only other quarterback left on the roster besides Tua is Scarlett Thompson, the seventh-round pick from last year, who started a couple games, started the season-ending loss to the Buffalo Bills, had some good moments, but struggled, as you would expect a seventh-round rookie to do. Um, I asked McDaniel specifically if Scarlett Thompson is ready to take on that QB2 role, or is that a position that uh, that role of a backup QB is one that the team will be looking to add. And Mike McDaniel had some very, very interesting comments. Let me pull up the story that I just wrote that you can find on the Miami Herald website. Mike McDaniel said, quote, when you look at the position from its entirety a year ago, we had a one-man room with a lot of questions with regard to where Tua was in the development of his game. And we needed someone to come in that could really help him take a step in the right direction uh, to be a starting quarterback at the NFL uh, at a high level. I think Teddy came and did that. As it stands right now, I was happy with what Skyler was able to do with the pretense that he's going to continue to get better. I think Tua is in a different spot. I think the team's in a different spot. And I think that there's some competitive advantages that we can bring to the room through free agency, and that's what we'll look to do. There will be competition in the room, regardless of who we sign, but I think that's something that we're definitely interested in to make the quarterback room better. He also said, and uh, I didn't include, this was actually the first part of this quote, he said that Skyler did a lot of things to, des- to deserve to be in the competition for the backup role. But he added, I don't see that being unchallenged by any stretch. These comments were interesting to me because when you focus on the part about Tua and the team being in a different spot than they were last year, when we when we you know go back to last year, this time last year, the question was not only is Tua going to be the, the unquestioned starter, but who is his backup going to be? And again, uh, the organization saw that they needed a veteran guy who maybe didn't challenge Tua for his spot, but could uh, step in if he got hurt or whatever, um, but could also be kind of that veteran mentor. And Teddy, by all accounts, was. Um, we saw the strides that Tua made in 2022. They've committed to him in 2023. So now these comments by Mike McDaniel kind of signify to me that, hey, we don't need this. We don't need like a top tier quarterback. We, I mean, there's a lot of talk about whether they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, one of those kind of bigger name guys who, you know, can be a starter. Um, but you know, it's probably more in the mode of a backup right now. I, my com- my indication, belief, all of those comments is like, hey, we don't need one of those guys. We don't need to spend a bunch of money on that. We have a lot of confidence in Skyler, and we're going to bring in some somebody to maybe push for that number two spot. Um, but it doesn't need to be one of those guys that you know it's a long time starter, and he's got a um, you know, he you know has the expectation of maybe starting. I, I think that you know, I, I don't see them making big waves in that quarterback backup quarterback. Uh, a role. I mean, is that a from your perspective? Is that the right decision, or um, you know, would you trust Skyler being QB two? Because I don't know if I've seen enough. Um, even obviously, you expect him to be a, a little bit better in year two, but I don't know if I saw enough in year one. And and again, Mike McDaniel said they're going to bring in somebody to challenge him. Um, but in terms of not bringing like a, a legit number two, who could could step in as a starter? Uh, what do you make of those comments? Um, I mean, obviously you have to have bring in somebody a challenge, <laughs> you know, to, to say you're bringing in somebody a challenge, Skylar Thompson for the number two quarterback spot isn't really saying much it's saying you're going to bring in somebody. I mean, you know, for as well as, you know, as well as he's played, you know, I think any quarterback you bring in, you're not bringing them in just to be a third. Um, and 
I understand. Also, understand that you have limited resources that you can spend on your entire improving your entire roster. Dolphins are over the cap. Yes, there's sixteen right. million dollars over the cap. So, so you have so maybe that's despite the importance of that. Maybe you you know maybe you want to try to improve some other areas so that if you know you got to you know you got to play some games with Skylar Thompson which history says you're going to have to um you can you know you can he has a strong support system to you know get him through those games and you know when two is in the two is in the game I mean he's got a stronger team around him you know as we discussed in the last thing that if what the Super Bowl teach taught us and what really almost any championship in at the pro level in any sport in any you know baseball uh basketball hockey it's still a team game even in the NBA folks <laughs> you know um it's it's still a team game and uh you know your best player you can have the best player but he's going to need help and He's cool, and he's going to need a better a team around him. So, if that's their thinking, that let's spend our resources to get a better team around this position. Okay, I can you know more so than let's really beef up this position. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. But you know, you do have to you know you do have to go in acknowledging. Okay we're going to have to live with that decision for two or three games. That's, that's just what history says, you know, Tua Tua does not have a history of playing every single game. It doesn't, didn't come out of college with that history and hasn't had it in the NFL. Be it concussions, be it whatever, be it back, whatever. So. Yeah. uh, I mean, I know again, the backup position was one that um, I, I was curious to see what they would do. Obviously last year, they they had uh, Jacoby Brissett entering free agency. By all accounts, he, he he I mean he wasn't expected to come back and he didn't. Um, I, I don't know if a lot of people had Teddy on their radar. Um, I I know I didn't. I thought that he was still a guy that he could that could be a, a kind of a stopgap starter for for a team, something like that. Um, and they gave him significant significant money. I mean, I believe they gave him about eight million dollars or so. Um, if you're trying to get a guy like Baker Mayfield, um, potentially Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I think they're definitely going to command. Um, a, a lot more unless they really just have no options. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what they do there, as well as uh, once OTA start, we get a training camp, um, how Skylar Thompson looks in year two, because one of the things that McDaniel spoke about, uh, among the bevy of things that he spoke about, which again, you can uh, check uh, that out on my mirror read website. The story. Read the story. Yeah, read the story. There's a lot of stuff in there that we can't fit into the podcast, but um, uh, you know, he said, hey, there's a lot of continuity. He said, like, hey, we, uh, some of the coaches told him that, you know, it's been several years since they had uh, the same offensive coaching staff, the same offensive scheme, you know, in back-to-back seasons. So it's going to help a lot of the players from top of the roster to the bottom right. of the roster in year two. So uh, we'll see how Skyler looks in year two and whether he can be that backup quarterback. Uh, second thing uh, I want to touch on before we get to a break, uh, Byron Jones. Uh, this um, this news is, dates back to over the weekend. Um veteran cornerback who missed the entirety of the 2022 season after undergoing uh, off-season surgery on his leg last March. Um, he had not spoken to reporters all season, uh, wasn't seen much 
um, in the locker room, but he kind of broke his silence, so to speak, last Saturday um, with a uh, pair of quotes in which um, he said that he can't jump or run because of injuries that he sustained in the NFL. Um, he also issued uh, uh, some caution um, to incoming players about you know taking pills and injections from medical staff to kind of um, help you um, play through injuries. The, uh, the entire quote um, is this. Let me find it real quick. He said, much has changed in eight years. And, and just for some context, this was um, last Saturday, I guess, was the, the eight-year anniversary or so um, of him participating in the NFL scouting combine when he set the record for uh, the combine record for longest broad jump. Um, so he says, much has changed in eight years. Today, I can't run or jump because of my injuries sustained playing this game. Do not take the pills they give you. Do not take the injections they give you. If you absolutely must consult an outside doctor to learn the to, to learn the long-term implications. Uh, in the second tweet, he says, it was an honor and privilege to play in the NFL, but it came at a regrettable cost I did not foresee. In my opinion, no amount of professional success or financial gain is worth avoidable chronic pain and disabilities. Godspeed to the draft class of 2023. Now, this is pretty big news because, again, Byron Jones um, at one time was the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. The Dolphins had very high hopes for him. Um, in the past three years, he's only played 30 of a possible 50 games. Obviously, as I said before, he missed the entirety of the 2022 season. Um, we had not heard from him. Um, so we kind of shed some light on the state of his injury, his rehab. Um, that kind of just stopped progressing at some point during the season to which Mike McDaniel ruled him out. Um, and it kind of sounded like a retirement tweet. I mean, honestly, when I first saw that, it sounded like he was kind of say, kind of alluding to him not being able to play again. He said it was an honor. And the fact that he said, I can't run or jump anymore. Um, a lot of people were led to speculate and assume that he's headed to retirement. Um, uh, a league source told the Miami Herald that Brian Jones is not retiring and he's not planning any type of, uh, I guess, uh, lawsuits or, you know, toward the Dolphins in regards to the handling of his injury. But again, um, it kind of brings back um, the issues that the Dolphins faced and continue to face with their cornerback room. That was a position that, among other many positions, um, suffered a lot of injuries with Jones being kind of the headline, headlining player there. Um, Mike McDaniel was asked about that at the Combine, and, and he said, you know, I had never heard personally from Byron about any issues with his um with his rehab assignment he said that um Jones was quote the conductor of the train as he was you know doing his rehab um and he said that he thought that the training staff medical staff the organization handled it really well and he just kind of empathized with the fact that you know there probably is a lot of frustration from Byron Jones's part um with that um obviously if Byron Jones is not retiring um Chris Greer at the end of season news conference at the end of season news conference last January or last month in January, um, he, he didn't really give any insight into whether Byron Jones was going to continue playing, continue to play as a Dolphin. Um, but all all kind of indications of that, you know, this is headed, probably headed to a release. Now the problem for the Dolphins is the way this contract is structured, um, they, they they really can't get much relief if they um if they release him prior to June 1st or uh with the June with the pre-June June 1st designation. Um, you know, they take a lot of dead money uh cap hit. 
um, cap charge to their to their cap situation, which, you know, as I said before, they're $16 million over. So in the next two weeks, they have to restructure some guys. They have to cut some guys, maybe extend some guys to free up money um, in, in the 2023 season. Um, it looks like if they do part ways with Brian Jones, and I don't think it's going to be a trade because nobody's going to trade for a guy who can't play. Um, it looks like they're going to have to uh, cut him with the post-June 1 designation. And that would essentially free up about $13 million in cap space but the Dolphins wouldn't be able to use it until post June one, which you know, as you as we all know, is weeks and weeks and months past, uh, you know, the first waves of free agency. So kind of a tough situation for the Dolphins. Obviously, a tough situation for uh, Byron Jones. Um, we'll see how they handle this, uh, but it's just kind of unfortunate, honestly, um, because I mean, we we've been talking about this for feels like about a year now. You know, we 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 kind of raised some questions about whether. Uh, he was going to be able to return at some point this season. And then after a while, you're like, hey, I mean, there's no way he can ramp up. Um, but it seems like the Dolphins are, you know, they're going to be in the market for a cornerback. I mean, this was a guy who they thought would be kind of a, a top tandem uh, with uh, Xavier Howard, who has dealt with his own injuries in itself. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to be playing with the Dolphins in 2023. And, and now cornerback is seemingly one of their, one of the Dolphins' top needs. So your overall thoughts on the tweets and the situation. Well, I, it sounds like he just got, he's very frustrated. It does sound like he's very frustrated with his progress, um, which if you're a guy who's spent his life, you know, running faster, jumping farther and, you know, doing most things better than almost everybody else, you know, to not be able to do, that or to not be able to approach that level's got to be after you know so long and it, missing an entire season it's pretty probably it's beyond frustrating it's just it's you you know it's it makes you question like who you are <laughs> this gets to your identity you know and i think that's kind of what got it what it seems like there um and he's like you know this isn't worth it or anything it slow down man my man um i maybe he honestly feels that way now um but unless he's handled his money unwisely you know he is in a situation should be enough pretty good financial situation set up going forward in his life. And that kind of security takes a whole lot off your mind and it does a whole lot for your mental health. So while your physical health might not be, you know, might not be where it might not fit your identity, your lifelong identity, you know, your mental health should be pretty good or, or at least, you know, that's not a worry, which it is for, you know, how much of the population of even the United States. Um, and uh, it, it it just seems like it, it seems like something maybe he should have thought about before he, he, he tweeted, you know, I, I, you know, maybe he got himself, he, he, you know, it was the snapshot you know, um, look, if you you have these, you, 
you know, if you're dealing with a serious health issue, um, you know, it's it's not a life or death thing, but it's sort of like life or death to, of an identity, you know, with, with him. Um, and I can speak of dealing with a serious health issue in my own life where it was really is kind of life or death with cancer. There are times where you just, you get very... Like, what's the point? Why? Why, why? why? Why am I, you know, what, you know, you, it gets, why am I doing, why am I going through all this crap? You know, for what? You know, what's the work? And um, you, you, you know, you can get really get that way. And if you talk to somebody who's in that, in that state of mind, right at that moment, you, probably get something similar to those tweets. Mm. Um, but so, you know, like I said, this is not life or death, you know, for him, but it is life or death of an, of an identity, an identity he's had for a very long time. You know, um, football players, it's one of the reasons it's hard for them to retire. It's, you know, you've been a football player for so long. That is, you know, that's been such a large part of your identity. Even if you did other things well, if you did a lot of other things well, you know, you know, the, you were the, that was the picture on the refrigerator or on the mantle, you know, that's what, you know, that's part of how you, or maybe the entirety of how you chose where you went to college, you know, that's where you're for a lot of your friends, some of your, you know, a lot of your, you know, non, the friends you didn't grow up with. Uh, that's where a lot of them come from is football. And now, you know, this injury says the same way, man, you don't have the ability to be a football player anymore. That can be very tough. And that can be very, that can work on your head. And so, you know, maybe, maybe he tweeted that out of frustration. Um, maybe he legit feels that, that way and has for a while. I don't know, but I mean, sure as heck sounded like it retirement tweets, <laughs> you know, it just kind of, but, or, you know, also kind of, you know, warning to the, you know, heads up to the 2023, you know, draft class. Oops. Um, I don't know. It, uh, but yeah, as for what it means for the dolphins and the, you know, pure black and white of, okay, you know, on the field and production. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're, we can, they can now officially probably cross across our buyer. And if they hadn't already, yeah. and say go going forward, say, okay, we need a new cornerback and how are we going to handle this so we can, you know, how do we handle this so the money, so we can work the money properly. Or it'll work the money to our best interest. Yeah, there's a lot of different machinations with, you know, what happens with, you know, a retirement and they can kind of release his salary, cut his salary after retirement. If he doesn't, then obviously it seems like a, a parting of ways would come with that post uh, June 1 cut. Uh, but what, again, we'll, we'll see how that situation resolves itself. But at the end of the day, it definitely is frustrating for, for all parties. You know, this was a, a procedure last March that wasn't supposed to keep him out, you know, through training camp. But he also didn't play at all. So just frustrating is the word.
Uh, so we'll see just again how that ends. All right, we're gonna take a short break. But when we come back on the other side, I think we're going to talk scouting combine. The top draft prospects uh, are set to work out uh, Wednesday uh, throughout the rest of the week. We're going to talk about positions, uh, players to watch, and overall, uh, what should Dolphins draft philosophy be this season? Stay locked with us and we'll be back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins and that podcast talking all things Dolphins with David Neal. Uh, so in the first half, we kind of recapped Mike McDaniel's uh, meeting with uh, media Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday uh, marks the start of media interviews and various workouts for the 2023 draft class. Uh, and the Dolphins, after you know trading away all pretty much all of their draft capital last year for uh, Tyree Kill, they've got a couple more picks. They got five picks this year. Um, they got a second rounder, a pair of third rounders, as well as some uh, some other day three picks. Um, and they they have um, you no know, a fair amount of needs to fill. Uh, you can check the Miami Herald website of uh, my six prospects to watch. Uh, but those six prospects are each from six areas of need. And again, I mean, when you look at the Dolphins, yes, this is a team that made the playoffs for the first time since 2016, um, but they have a lot of players set to be free agents and thus a lot of needs. I mean, if you start on the offensive side of the ball, you have running back, every single player on the active roster is set to hit uh, free agency in some shape or form. Um, you have tight end with Mike Gusecki, uh expected to, to leave in free agency. Mike McDaniel um, echoed some comments from Chris Greer, uh, when he spoke to uh, to us, he said Mike, uh, Mike Isecki has earned the right or earned the opportunity to be a free agent. Um, and that tight end room, ah. yeah, that, that that that's that's what that means. Um, so that was uh, that, that was definitely a tight end room and a position group that didn't contribute as much to the offense um, as they had in years past. Uh, but then you have the offensive line, uh, where again, a lot of injuries. Uh, you got a new position coach coming in after with Matt Applebaum being fired. Bush Berry coming in as the, as the new uh, position coach there. So you got to add some some pieces there uh, to keep Tua upright. But even on the defense side of the ball, uh, you've got some needs as well. Vic Fangio is bringing that new um, defensive scheme. So you need guys on every level that fits it. Obviously, uh, at inside linebacker, you have three inside linebackers set to hit free agency. So that might be a position of need. Um, cornerback, we just talked about that with Byron Jones, the other injuries there. And safety, uh, you've got Brandon Jones coming off his own injury. You need a guy with uh to, to pair with Javon Holland. So the Dolphins are gonna be very busy watching guys, interviewing guys. Um, one thing that stood out to to me and just kind of looking at the draft landscape, um, Daniel Jeremiah, who is a draft analyst with the NFL Network, he said that uh running back, tight end, and cornerback are some of the strongest position groups in the draft. So if you're a Miami fan, if you're in the Miami organization, that's gotta be music to your ears, because those are all positions that uh you need to add uh add to in some way shape or form whether it's free agency or whether it's in the draft after that um definitely gonna be keeping my eye out for for the cornerback room and the tight end room um you know i think there's a lot of there's a lot of good names there there's a there's a local guy tyreek stevenson um who, who played at, at um 
Uh, you have uh, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State who kind of fits that mold of a lanky corner who can play um, the zone coverages. Um, and then you have Sidney Brown, who uh, might be a familiar name to a lot of people in South Florida. Um, he played down here in Bradenton. Um, he has a twin brother, Chase Brown, who's also a top running back prospect that I'm probably going to be keeping my eyes out for. He's a safety um, that I think could really fit in there. Those are a couple guys um, that I think on the defensive side uh, we should definitely look out for. On the other side, uh, one guy that I'm definitely looking out for is uh, tight end Darnell Washington from Georgia. I don't know I don't know if you know about him, David, but this guy's 6'7", 270. He's supposed to run a 4'6". Uh, he pretty much looks like a thinned-out offensive lineman. But he runs like a he runs like a running back. Um, I'm definitely looking for him. I think that he might he might be the guy to complete that, right? Six seven, two seventy. He's supposed to be running a four six. That's what the reports are. Um, I don't know if he's gonna be available at fifty one, where I think the Dolphins are picking first. Um, but if he's there, I mean you might have to get him. I mean, he could he could be a blocker, he could be a pass catcher. I mean, he could he could really, bus. I don't know. I mean, I guess I mean that's what happened to you. <laughs> That's what happens with every pick, but who knows? I mean, yeah. obviously, running backs, you know, recent history says the Dolphins aren't going to pick a running back high. I mean, Chris Greer hasn't uh, shown, uh, you know, the willingness or the desire to do that. Hey, but there's some really good running backs here. Um, obviously, B. John Robinson in Texas is the top guy. He doesn't seem like he's going to last um, that far to the Dolphins' first pick. Uh, but you have uh, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama who could be a really good pass catching back. Um, Chase Brown, as I said before, I mean, his NFO um, comp on draft network is Raheem Moser. So, I mean, hey, Raheem Moser's about to be a free agent. Maybe you resign him. Maybe you don't. Maybe you bring in a guy like Chase Brown. He's a real burner. Um, you know, McDan- Mike McDaniel loves speed. Um, so, I mean, those are, Dolphins have a lot of different options and different uh, avenues they can go um, with that first pick. But who knows? They might even trade it. I mean, they did that last year. Trade away a bunch of picks for Tyree Kill. And uh, I, I've seen this on social media where uh, some people are saying, like, hey, we're in a win now mode. Like, why not trade those picks? I mean, trade that second round pick, trade, trade some of those third round picks. Um, one name that has been kind of linked, not really, but just kind of uh, maybe uh, hypothesized as a uh, potential addition in Miami is Jalen Ramsey, the all pro cornerback from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, reports came out last week that the Rams are expected to uh, trade him as they try to, you know, recoup some draft capital, free some cap room as they, you know, uh, rebound from that, uh, I guess, 5-12 and 12 season or, you know, that sub-500 season they had last year. Um, I-, I saw PFF uh, kind of put a proposed trade out there where the Dolphins give a second and a third and kind of swap some picks to get Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I've seen there's been kind of some, uh, you know, some people saying, hey, like, let's bring in an elite cornerback with, uh, with Xavier Howard really set the tone on defense. Um, bigger picture philosophically, I mean, first off, I'm, I'm not really a fan of that move. Um, I, I think that um, the draft compensation plus the new contract that you probably have to give him because I think that he's probably going to look for a new contract because he doesn't have any guaranteed sal- base salary left on there. Um, so he's definitely probably going to want some new money in that deal. The combination of that plus the draft pick that you probably have to give up to get a guy who's an awful cornerback. He's not even 30 yet. Um, he's still, you know, in the prime of his career. I, I don't know if he do that there. Um, and I do understand that the Dolphins are in win-now mode. I mean, they showed that by trading for Tyree Kill, trading for Bradley Chubb. Um, but I think you've reached the point, um, especially with their cap situation, where you need, like, your, your younger guys to step up and you need to continue to build through the draft. I mean, the Dolphins had a couple of years where they didn't have, you know, a bunch of great drafts. You know, they they, they got Laramie Tunzel and they got Minka Fitzpatrick a couple of years back. 
but you traded those guys away. Um, you had some really good draft. You had a really good draft class in 2021 with Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips and Jalen Waddle. Um, but I think, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm very hesitant to like um, do what a lot of some of these quote unquote win now teams have done where you kind of just, just stack big rosters and big names and give up big contracts and just kind of push the money back a couple of years and say, Hey, we're going to try to win now. Obviously if you're the Rams, you're perfectly fine with that because it resulted in a, in a Super Bowl championship. So, you know, you'll pay the price for that. Um, but if you don't win the championship, it can really come back to bite you. Um, right. I, I'm, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the, I'm not from the Dolphins. I'm not in the mood of, uh, it has to be right player, right price, which is kind of a cliche that you hear all the time. But I don't think that this is right player, right price and contract with Jalen Ramsey. And I think bigger picture philosophically, I know the Dolphins are going to make moves to, they're going to make moves, moves to free up money. Chris Greer said, hey, we're, we're going to have money to make moves in free agency. Um, but I don't know if, unless it's like you get a really, really good deal for a player, I'm not in the business of like trading away all the Dolphins' top picks again, unless you're getting a really, really good player with a contract that's not going to be to your detriment. Um, I'd like to see the Dolphins, you know, after bringing in that veteran talent, I'd like to see them continue to build through the draft. Because again, these veterans aren't going to be here forever. I mean, Toronto is not going to be here forever. Tyreek Hill is not going to be here forever. I like to see them balance out some of their big swings in recent years by bringing in some, you know, scouting the right guys, hopefully bringing in the right guys and having them kind of complement the roster that you've built together. What, what do you think overall about um, kind of trading away picks, being in a win-now mode and kind of the Dolphins' options this offseason? I'm not sure this – I don't – you know, they've played, what, one playoff game in the last – you know, two playoff games that really in the last, you know, what, 15 Seven, years? Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell, three in the last 15 years, something like that. Yeah. How the heck are you in win now mode? I mean, they see, they see a window. I mean, how, they see a, how they can see you? a window. They see a window with Tua. Uh, yeah. They saw how well he played and they think that, hey, we can, we can make some moves. And, and that window can slam shut on your head and fingers real fast it can but you got to keep it you got to keep it as wide open as possible so yeah, yeah, that's 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 the thought process for the that, last yeah that's no no we're they're they're not where the rams were two years ago they're not they're not they're just not i mean the rams okay so obviously the obviously the rams had reached the super bowl before that and the and the right and the rams you know the 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 Rams weren't in the second year of the, you know they weren't their you know, was the second year of their coach you know they didn't have a second year head coach it, it was it, the Rams were just further along and um uh I don't I the Dolphins you know you can't be forever you know you know building for the future but I don't think. Look, that that move for Bradley Chubb said, "Oh, we're in win now mode." Okay, and and you know that that window again slammed shut on their fingers real fast, or actually slammed shut on their head real fast when you know two went out. They you know and Bradley Chubb for I me. Mean, it seemed like a good good idea, but he really didn't have 
the kind of effect on that defense and more pointedly on opposing offenses that you, you wanted him to have. Um, I just think they have too many holes. They have too many holes on this team this year and going forward to, you know, start saying, okay, let's, you know, put all our chips in on, you know, on bringing in this individual who's also going to cost us a jackload of money when we're already way over the cap. And now we're going to have to try to restructure a whole bunch of other guys or cut a whole bunch of other or cut some people and you wind up with depth holes that you didn't have before. You know, the people, people think of things in a vacuum, you know, like again, it, and, and it's not just a fan, you know, when people say, Oh, it's a fantasy football mindset. No, no, no. It's just that that's the way fans think. Fans make great fans. Fans don't make great GMs. <laughs> and, you know, it's not just, you know, you trade this for that. It's okay, you trade this for that, but then that moves this piece, that moves this piece, that moves this piece. It, you know, it's yeah. it's you know, it's roster Jenga. And you you know, you gotta keep the whole thing from collapsing on you. And you gotta keep from having to take out a piece that it's kind of important and it's gonna kind of be important, if not now, down the line, that you know it's gonna be important down the line. And um, so I'm not a big fan of making a big splash trade. Uh, I'd rather see them, you know, draft well, even though the draft is such a, such a dice roll. Um, there are very few sure things, no sure things really. Um, look, if you think there are sure things in this draft, you just got to remember Half the GMs in the NFL would have taken Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. Yeah, and it's definitely a crapshoot. I mean, for as you many, know, as many hits, hits as Chris Greer has made, he's had a you, lot of. You have hit. You have a lot of misses made. You have, you know, you know, there, you have a lot of smart moves made, and you have a lot. And sometimes the smart moves are made by accident. Um. So, it, much as that's the case. What is also the case is this team has too many holes to, you know, start packaging picks and set, packaging picks and 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 not also they're not in the best financial situation. Be packaging picks and send them off for you know one big, one or two big, big time players, and I think they can only get one with what they've got, you know. Yeah. Um, unless you're willing to start moving some other players, important players, which again, creates more holes that you then don't have the draft picks to fill. Or you don't have, or you don't have the, you don't have the free agency money to fill because you're going to be sending that money over to, over to the, to a couple big names you brought in. It, it, it doesn't work. I don't think it works. Um, if they can make it work, go great. Great, more power to him, and uh, go for it. But I don't see, I don't see that working. I don't see that working like that. I think yeah. it's, um, I think you have to, you know, use use your picks wisely. Um, this is not necessarily a best player. I don't, 
I don't know if you're a best player available, but you know, uh, when it comes to drafting in any of this, any of the sports, I've always believed you. If you believe in your scouts, if you believe in your scouting system, you know, you stay true to your, you know, how you have everybody ranked. And, you know, you stay true to your board and your needs. And in the NFL, you can draft to need also. So, you know, go go for that. And, um, but yeah, it's... It's this is a tough situation for the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, well, the precedent and the the recent successes there to to kind of advocate for it. Obviously, uh, you know, making the big swing for Tyree Kill. Um, that I mean, the Dolphins will do that eleven out of ten times again. Um, but obviously, again, it was a little bit of a different position. They kind of had more more draft capital since then. You know, they you know, used the first rounder and some other picks to get Bradley Chubb lost one of their picks because of tampering and whatnot. So they really don't have as many picks this year. Um, but again, you know, this the recent moves have shown that the Dolphins think they're in a, a win now mode. And uh, I like that, uh, that, that visual, that, that roster Jenga, because again, that, that's what Chris Greer and that front office is doing over the next couple of weeks. You know, they're freeing up space, thinking of moves to make players to, 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 to part ways with and how that creates other roster holes. Um, so there's a lot to balance there. And the Dolphins do have, have some, some, I don't want to say significant needs because I think that over the course of free agency, there's a lot of guys that they can bring back to kind of fill the void. Um, and, and I do think ultimately they're going to have, they're going to be active in free agency. I mean, they're not going to be, they can't be $16 million over the cap when, when the new league year starts and when free agency opens. So I think that they are going to be active. They are going to be, be able to make one or two, you know, significant moves, get some starting caliber players in there. Um, but again, with that draft pick and those draft picks and maybe making that move for Ramsey, maybe, maybe targeting another veteran, um, and putting in absorbing a really big contract. Um, I'm just not not the biggest fan of that. Like, like I agree with you. I think that it's best for them to, you know, if they can, if, if they, again, if they find a guy who is the right price and, you know, maybe you're giving up like a pair of day three picks or a two, uh, a day two pick and a day three pick, and it's not a huge contract that's going to really mess with your ways to build the rest of the roster, I go for it. But, um I would like to see the Dolphins kind of, you know, complement this this roster that they've built with some 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 talent, get some guys who can contribute and uh, get them on some of those those young cheap contracts. So uh, again, we'll see what they do. The Dolphins are definitely going to be busy over the next couple of weeks as they are right now. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins and Death Podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Reminder to subscribe to the Miami Hero YouTube page, like, share, comment. Subscribe to the Miami Herald as well. I'm going to be here all week in Indy providing water wall content, top draft prospects, what I'm hearing, what's going on in Indy. Um, so, again, definitely check that out. I already have uh, two stories posted from Tuesday from Mike McDaniel speaking on everything from Tua to jujitsu, judo, all that good stuff. Uh, so, we've got a ton of content for you, and we're going to keep it going all offseason. Uh, we'll see you next week to recap another week. Adolphus football and football across the next week, next week and the week after and the week after and the week after we got, we got a lot of stuff to recap. Uh, all right. <laughs> we'll see you next week. They, they pay then, me because all right. <laughs> until then you guys take care. Bye. Peace.